Welcome to Side Order, that little side tangent of the Anyone for Seconds podcast. I'm Matt, one of your hosts, and with me is Dave. Uh, yep, yeah, no, you're still alive. He hasn't gone completely zombied. Say hello, Dave, if you're able to. Hello. You did not finish me off, which is um, can be taken more ways than one. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you have you have to wait. When it's family, you have to wait to the fully zombified before you perform the headshot. It is true. It is very, very true. How how are you doing? How are you doing? I've uh, I've I'm gone f- mad. I'm fine. Like nothing wrong with me. Um, I've like I've I've gone mad. I'm starting to see pink giraffes and elephants and Gandalf over there says hi. By the way, does he? Oh, such he, a kind. He does. Such a he kind does. chap. He does. We're with a time of recording. I'm now day nine of my zombieitis isolation. Tomorrow's the last day, and I cannot wait. <laughs> cannot wait. I've gone mad. Last day until the next day. Well, yeah. to to ease you into this, I I, okay. I sort of um, I've been playing a lot of video games recently, but I woke cool. up randomly one morning and I found my GameCube was making this weird noise. Right. So, um, yeah. I'm going to send across this video footage to you. Okay. Uh, and I'm curious if you can diagnose the issue for me. Of of a GameCube? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's odd, because it's a GameCube. Let's have a look. Oh! 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 Yeah, that's weird. Oh, it's not supposed to. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> okay, that's um. Do you, do you think I can salvage the GameCube? Or do you reckon it's a goner? Um, Does it I, need a zombie I think, shot? I think the GameCube possibly needs putting out to pasture like a bit like um, Old Yeller did. Okay, that, that was my concern. I think you need to take it out back. Yeah, I think you need to take it out of the back and um, send it to the farm. That is a shame. That's what yeah. happens when you play <laughs> too much Resident Evil Zero. Maybe, maybe it's either that or um, too much uh, Sonic. Yeah, your GameCube just starts to go just that little bit wink wonk. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there we are. So it's been a while since we've done a, a, a record. Like, yes, we've just done two lots of our annual because it is now an annual thing because two have occurred. Thereby, it's now a tradition. Uh, Indeed. Yearly reflections of the year, where I went to the cinema quite a bit, you despite did. despite yes. all odds. Um, oh, by the way, yeah. While we? we're on the subject of that, okay. For fuck's sake, you'll never guess what I've had in my head since I edited that last episode. By the way, is there beer in your coconut? No, you know. You, by the time this comes out, part two will have come out. You know what's been stuck in my head. All fucking week that just won't leave. I feel like chicken tonight. tonight like, like chicken, chicken tonight. tonight. <laughs> like chicken tonight. 
See, the thing <laughs> the is, fuck's I'd, sake. I'd completely forgot about that after we discussed it till just now. That's quite funny. The thing is, right. The is fact I it's spend... traumatised you as well is even it better. It has. The fact that um, people will have heard that episode out by now. You haven't heard it yet because you've because it's not come out. But people will have heard it by now. And I started editing half past three one afternoon. I finished it about nine o'clock the same evening. And I think I heard that fucking thing about four times. Uh, just on a loop, just trying to make sure I've got the levels right on it. I was like, fuck's sake. I feel like We should read really well, To be fair, to be fair though, some yeah. of the meals did sound quite tasty. <laughs> I, the thing I can't fathom out, and I couldn't fathom out at the time, is... It was just a microwave chicken. Like, why did it stop? No, did it, it stop? Did it stop? It wasn't a microwave chicken. It was a jar of sauce. Was it? See, I don't. I don't even. Genuinely, I don't <laughs> even remember what it was. I remember the slogan. You won't, you, See, this is the thing. Out, to go to go it, to the supermarket and buy it, I would have been walking down the wrong aisle entirely. Then, wouldn't I? When when the episode comes out, you will hear the advert in all of its glory. Don't don't worry about that. I found some of the most nineties adverts I possibly could. Oh, excellent. You'll hear that, it when it goes out. So that that was back in the day when cleaning and washing detergents killed one hundred percent of all germs and dirt. Whereas nowadays, they only do ninety nine point nine nine percent for legal reasons. Do you remember in the nineties when everything was destroyed, like just perfectly, <laughs> all germs were just eradicated through. That's because stuff. of um, that that'll be big pharma. That that's yeah. what that is. That that'll be because lawsuits. But yeah, there we are. So yeah, you were so video games. As as I was saying, like we did our years retro retrospective reflection of the retrospectiveness, but yeah, we didn't actually cover what we'd sort of been watching, playing, d- doing throughout the December period, and then. So like we kind of got all of December and most of January now. So I'm kind um, of like we sh- we should cover that because my my brain's a bit of a void. For for relative ease, I'm just going to be covering everything that I've done during this week of isolation because I have watched so much. <laughs> I've watched so much stuff. I haven't known what to do with myself. But I'll let you go first because your list is going to be paltry. You, they're going to be rookie numbers, and you've got to pump up those numbers. I'm just trying to find actually my notes of what I've watched. I can't even remember what the fuck I've watched. I've. Do you know what? You may have a list. I have a literal pile that I'm going to go grab very very shortly. Okay. So what? Did I watch in December? Let's have a little thinky thing. Tell you what I watched in December. I watched Child's Play 1 to 4. Right. I watched New Mutants. Yeah, I've seen that one. I then watched... um, All of Hawkeye. Fucking hell. Yeah. I watched the Spider-Man movie. I watched the Matrix Resurrections. Uh, yeah. We ro- we rolled into January, so I watched seasons three, four, five, and six of Line of Duty. I've just watched yeah. three seasons of The Fall. I then also watched um, some James Bond movie films. So I started with Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall. 
Spectre, No Time yeah. to Die. So I watched the newest one as well because I thought, well, I best rewatch the last four because someone at work said they'd watched it and they didn't get a lot of it because it was referring to previous stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'll watch those four films, two and a half hours a piece. Yeah, two. So that was two sittings to get through those two. So like five hours of Bond a time. Yes. And then I watched the last Bond, uh, Weekend Just Passed, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's have a little thing. I think you're pretty sure I watched some other stuff. I watched some anime just to palate cleanse in between the police procedurals. Uh, just just because, you know, um, I, I just I just can't help it. Ad- admit it, you were trying to find your new waifu. I don't have an old one, so... <laughs> well, in, you were trying to find your inter- new waifu. Ooh, woo. Uh, interviews are ongoing for waifu. Um <laughs> which I understand has to be anime driven which yeah so far I think the win is still probably Yoko from Goran Gor- uh, Naga Goran what's it called Goran Gurulagan Gurulagan Tensei Toppen Spinny Tops or whatever it's called I remember <laughs> watching that that was a great that was a great show um, I'll take your word for it I've never seen Gurulagan so I'll take your uh, word for it it's ridiculous it's great um, and I'm prepping to watch seasons two and three of Attack on Titan. I know of it. I haven't seen it. It's on the list. Uh, it is good. Um, it's very enjoyable. Um, so that's pretty much most of what I've watched. In terms of video games, <sighs> let's have a little think. What did I do? I've put another 12 hours into Two Point Hospital since we last recorded. <laughs> I'm now about 75 hours worth of playtime, if not more. Christ. Uh, keep bumping up those numbers. Well, every hospital has to have three stars. And once you've got three stars, sometimes there's a fourth star you can unlock through bonus challenges. So every hospital has to have four stars. Because completion... Uh, but no, recently. So is four star, so is, so is it, four star hospital like a uh, private hospital and three stars like an NHS? Uh, Just to get political there. No, no. Ba- based on how well I run them all, none of them are like private or NHS hospitals at all. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And most recently, over the past few days, I've been replaying Resident Evil 2 Remake. Oh, yeah. I've. I, I've seen you online playing that actually yeah Yeah. And how was, is it a couple of years down the line I still really enjoy it I get lots from it and that was triggered by listening to uh, an interview with DC Douglas the voice of Wesker oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. from Resident Evil 5 and the uh, uh, the on rails games that I still want to play so you need to bring your Wii over if you survive zombieitis because <laughs> when, when I play that I have to play that from start to finish a few times yeah, we we need to do an episode on that. To, I think because well, I, I just I just the, need um, to dedicate four or five hours to it just to thrash it through. I, say, I don't need to consume the, um, it. Total say, global saturation. <laughs> I don't think the reviews were very good on it when it came out, so I think definitely we'll do an episode at the same time as that. That could be quite fun, and then you can just finish it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, if it's any good, I'm assuming because it's an on-rail shooter. You play through it like you do a normal shooter game, and then as you play through it, you earn points, or it'd be like Vampire Rain or Time Crisis 2, where you can then unlock more weapons. 
So then when you do you replays of it, yeah, it will yeah. get a bit better or you gain access to more stuff. I'm assuming, I don't know that for a fact, and we're not going to know that for a fact until I've S-ranked it. <laughs> of course. It's funny you said about um, RE2 Remake, actually, because I played it earlier in the year on stream, and yeah, I've got to admit that game does hold up, and I think I even... Uh, got as far as playing some of the Tofu stuff as well because I think on the mm. stream I did I did Scenario 1, Scenario 2 I can't remember if I did it with both characters both scenarios I'd imagine you must one. I'd imagine you would have just done both both Leon scenarios because they're easier in terms of there's less dogs I know things move too f- yeah I've <laughs> I, I, I noticed that straight away there are less dogs to shoot Dogs are absolute fuckers in those games for shooting, especially like using a joypad. You, you don't get any kind yeah. of accuracy, and just I think Leon's weapons are better slash stronger. Second scenario for Cloud, where her revolver just you can swap between two ammo sorts. I fucking hate that. <laughs> it, it's just such a nuisance. Where at least with Leon, he just gets a new handgun outright, which just does yeah. the job. Um. And I must admit, replaying it now, I've struggled a little bit. I'm only playing it on standard, not even on hardcore, because I've de-skilled sufficiently, which is well, what I that, thought. I would now do. would be a good time to replay it, now that I've de-skilled. Otherwise, you get less from, fun from it. So I've been going well, the I long way around. And... Yeah, I would imagine as well that you've been playing RE2 Classic in the meantime as well, so your knowledge of the remake would have um, conflated with RE2 Classic as well. Oh yeah, since I originally hammered RE2 remake like six or seven times through just to S rank everything. To which I've got I've got two things left to do in that game. I need to finish a hardcore run with Claire. Right. Which I've done, but on an S rank. Which is under one and a half hours. No deaths, no saves. Um and I'm halfway through that. Hardcore has less ammo and enemies are hard as fucking nails. So, and the reason I need to do that is to unlock the infinite. Now I've got infinite rocket launcher, I've got infinite machine gun, I've got infinite safety knife. There's another infinite weapon I'll unlock by doing that. And then the very final thing I have to do in that game, which I struggle so much with, is completing the. Um, the first survivor slash no more was it called no more heroes no 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 it's Resident Evil 7 sorry uh, it's the the, the DLC no that's the fourth oh, survivor's hunt yeah sorry um, it's um yeah, it's, basically uh, it's the sheriff from the start of the game in the petrol station sorry the gas station that's my attempt at an American accent it's going gas um yeah that's bad uh, at the gas yeah, station, it was. It's where as good as my Australia, you have to. F- it's basically a horde mode. Well, that's fine. I could probably do that, but you can unlock uh, cat ears, which every person needs in their life. But Ew. to do that, the cat ears give you infinite ammo for all the DLC things, which would be great to go through and then just completely absorb myself with them. But you have to fire less than sixty bullets. Which and so kill a hundred enemies 
which is the entire horde and you go from standard zombies up to zombies wearing partial armor so some have armor on their head some have armor on their legs then you get pale heads in do you remember pale heads from the dlc they're not in the main game they're the white ones that emit poison when you shoot them or if they grab yeah, you you yeah, get yeah, poison yeah, yeah. and you have right. to take those out as well and the best I've ever managed to do is around the 50 mark can't get any higher base with that ammo restriction <clears throat> I yeah just, no that's, uh, that's fair enough it's a combination of luck skill and just the game because every time an enemy spawns that are ever so slightly different it's just getting that right combination mixed in with luck and always executing every shot perfectly which with a joypad yeah. shooting and aiming and the way the zombies sway and some of them dodge just never have not even when I was at my peak of S ranking hardcore with Leon and multiple playthroughs yeah. sucked so badly at that just see oh. I should go back and try the DLC because I don't think I ever did the DLC DLC is quite good I think if I going to do that though I would have to go back and play through the main campaign again because I think I would have de-skilled again so that that's very much the thing with the DLC stuff it's for once you've finished the game if you're just to go in and play them as I did randomly have this habit of every week or so just signing in trying that that DLC with less than 60 bullets and getting progressively worse and worse and worse and I'm like it's because I've de-skilled yeah. uh, I, I forgot how the zombies move and dodge and I'm not auto-correcting that it makes me kind of wish um, but I must admit it's still fun shooting Tyrant in the head <laughs> makes me kind of wish that they put in DLC stuff like that for RE3 but I think RE3 Remake there was a whole load of cut content from that game that numerous people online have covered in various videos and stuff so if you want to find out about it it's worth looking it up online because there is a lot apparently there was a larger uh, RPD sections there was like proper nemesis chase sections like like in the original game where he chases you and stuff like that but it was all cut but to save time honestly yeah. the the thing was is that I've said this before they rushed the game to come out so you had RE7 RE2 RE3 and RE8 <clears> like <throat> four years on the trot and I'm yeah. like well in between RE2 and a future game I would have had a bit of a break because otherwise you get global saturation <laughs> and as we all know that's just too yeah. much so I would have had a longer dev cycle in there or had RE8 come out before that um, but yeah I also think where we had the pandemic was basically as RE3 release so it was nice to play that during the initial lockdown Yeah. Um, but I think by having that meant that the dev team would have been focusing on finishing RE8 as best as possible and if there was planned DLC or expansion I bet you all of that was scrapped where they couldn't get people into the studio. Yeah, and the other thing to remember as well is that on... Nothing's stopping them now from doing that. <laughs> the thing that we have to remember as well is that our RE3 had that stupid extra multiplayer game on it as well, and I think they were banking a lot of their hopes on that because of the fact that there was... Uh, I know there was a lot of in-game purchases and things for that, wasn't there? The RE-verse... And on top of that as well, I think... Uh, resistance. Yeah, Resident Evil Resistance. And I think on top of that as well, Memory Serves, I think they were working on RE4 VR at the same time. I don't know if that was Capcom Studio or whether they sublet that out to another 
studio as well because I've seen that been played online recently so that must be out as well RE4 VR but I can't imagine that being much different from the Wii version to be honest and it's uh, in first person no I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have thought so the, the, the thing my, pro, my big issue with Resident Evil Resistance is they made it like every other online uh, game collect the loot do the shooty shoots whereas what we want is Resident Evil Outbreak. Yes, 100%. <laughs> make, make it squad-based games like that, Yeah. but with the classic RE or use the modern RE control scheme to do that, just have it online collaborative story things. Yes, you could throw in a horde mode for the sake of it, but why not have it as online collaborative story things like that? Now that the tech will do not only the graphics and the gameplay, but also the online infrastructure... Why are you doing not doing that? Which I would say, speaking on behalf of all fans, that's what we all want, every single one of us. Why are you not doing that? And instead you're churning out some shite that I played a few times and went, that's shite, I'm not playing that. I was saying, an RE engine Resident Evil Outbreak would be pretty cool, I'm not going to lie. That would be a like, nice. I, I know you can still play Resident Evil Outbreak online if you've got a PS2 with the online equipment that it requires and you're able to run a mod through it and you can connect to private servers um, so you can still play in that method but I'm like well I don't have all the PS2 hardware but also why do I have to jump through all of those hoops when you can just make that and it it would sell all of the money it'd make all of the money Um, but but like I say with these things it's also why haven't you just brought out Resident Evil 3 DLC now? It doesn't matter that there's been a few years gap. You, like, if they're still bringing out Witcher DLC for The Witcher 3, which is like five, six years old at this point, if not longer, there's nothing stopping you bringing out DLC for these games because that's the benefit of online connective games. You can just release DLC whenever. Yeah, true. It's not true. like the old days where you would go, you'd go, well, we'd have to make a new disc and print it. Yeah. Whereas nowadays you don't, you just download it. Like I, 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 I genuinely just can't fathom that kind of logic or the lack of logic. But then, you know, if I run these game studios, we'd be having a lot of different games to play. Which I've downloaded three or four fan-inspired Resident Evil games. Some of them, which are Resident Evil fan games. Some of which are games that are inspired by Resident Evil. Oh, okay, yeah. On Steam. So I want to play those, and I think either it'll be a good thing for us to stream with you in a biohazard suit, of course. Yeah, of course. Or maybe we could do some content around that. Because I'm just like, I don't think I've ever played a Resident Evil fan game, let alone one, a game that's been inspired see I would love to I know you've got Resident Evil 1.5 and I would love to do something around that that could be uh, I think there's possibly an episode or something in that that would be quite interesting to see so for people who don't know Resident Evil 1.5 is basically what RE2 classic was going to be but then I think they got about 70-80% was it 70-80% in the production before they 
they absolutely scrapped it all and then rebuilt it from the ground up to to get the version we know and love today. But there was a lot of cut content in RE 1.5 that doesn't show up in what we now know as RE 2. So it starred Leon Kennedy, didn't star Claire Redfield, it starred Eliza, Eliza Walker. Yeah. Um, it was set like some of the enemy. It was still set in the RPD. Oh, was but it? Yeah. The RPD was the RPD. The RPD was an actual police station. It was not a museum retrofitted, so it didn't have all of that kind of uh, museum um, environment and atmosphere. It looked more like a traditional police station like you see in cop shows. Um, some of the enemies that you encounter are like giant gorilla monster things, so the enemies are different. The, the zombies were lower res, but they had like limbs that fell off and different clothes. They had a lot more variety to them. So they really did quite a lot of like really cool stuff, and for whatever reason, um, I, I think it was a producer. It may even have been Shinji Mikami. Just went, it's just not scary, or it's just not good enough, and they just scrapped it and they got in different writers and overhauled story. And arguably, I'm glad they do because Resident Evil Two Classic is superb. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, it's one of the classics. It's one of the classics in the genre. Yeah. Well, and that's my the only thing that disappointed me about Resident Evil 2 Remake is that you've got four playable scenarios, but every scenario interacts in exactly the same way. You don't even get the Leon A to Claire B variants of yeah. connecting. You, you don't. It's the same regardless. And you're like, that's a bit of a shame. I can see yeah. why you haven't, because modern gamers, but also fuck the modern gamers. Um... But, you know, you can't have everything. That's well, all right. Well, no, it's not. But <laughs> can't have everything. And, right. Until I know how to code and have a, a studio um, of an appropriate size to go, I've got enough money to pay all the, off all the Capcom lawsuits that will come this way for copyright infringement, but we are making what the fans want. <laughs> fair. No, fair. Just, they go... Here's a lawsuit for copyright infringement. I go, here's all of the money, and let's keep making it. And they go, yeah. here's another lawsuit. I go, here's all, here's all of the money again, and a bit more on top of all of the money, and then let's keep making it. It's interesting you bring that in because I've been watching a lot of, uh, for whatever reason, Sonic 06 playthroughs and stuff, and uh, there is a big fan scene behind that of um, remakes and stuff, one of them being the uh, Sonic Sonic. Project 06, I think it's called something like that. I think that's now mostly playable. I think they've done the Shadow campaign. They've done the Sonic campaign. They're working on the Silver one right now. And I'm really surprised, even though that's been in the works for like three or four years or something like that, it's not been um, slapped with a uh, like copyright notice. Do not, do not... DMCA um, notice. Yeah, DMCA. Yeah. That's what I'm, from Sega. Well... It's either a case She's that mad. Sega doesn't know it's happening, or based on what Joe... Was it Joe Whitehead? What was he called? Based on whatever the chap did for Sonic Mania, maybe they're looking at it going, we could have another game here. Or maybe, and yeah, more, true. And more employees going, this worked out once for us. Let's see how this pans out. Yeah, because it does look really, really cool. I must admit, I do kind of want to play Sonic 06, but then I remember it, it's, it's going to be terrible. And if I'm going to play it, I want to play it as an episode. <laughs> and we both need to experience it because, um, yeah, it's... Yeah. 
So, so not very good at all. So terrible. It'll probably be fine. Install it so you don't get the long load times. You know, problem install is, it to the console hard drive. Download the patch. Be fine. Problem is, Work flawlessly. Problem is, I'd want to play the PS3 one, which is worse than the Xbox one. Oh, why would you pay the worst version? <laughs> true. Very, very true. But I think it's probably just because I'm a sadist, to be honest. So, you know. Do you want to have any conversations of the James Bond nature of, of my thoughts and impressions of, of Daniel Craig's last outing? Um, I don't like Bond, so I leave it entirely in your hands. What, what do you think of it? I know that it's divided... Uh, that last film has divided a lot of people and split opinion down the middle based purely on the ending because people didn't like the ending of that film and they thought it was not really worth the wait of like two, three years. However long it was, it got delayed. It got delayed till like last year, didn't it? And it was supposed to come out uh, 2019, I think it was, before it got pushed to April of 2020. And then virus happened, so. So can I confirm, they didn't like the actual end in the film or they didn't like that as an ending of Craig's run? Um, Both. Okay, well, as an end to Craig's run, essentially what they've done is they've bookended it to go, this is Jane, Daniel Craig's... Craig, that's American. Daniel Craig's Craig. Bond run to go, here's his start, here's his middle, here is his end. Yeah. There's no any sort of confusion of blurring the lines of handing over the mantle or anything like that where you could arguably go, oh, well, maybe Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan are one and the same and and that Sean Connery, Roger Moore, and uh, the Aussie guy in the middle were all one and the same. Um, whereas this, they've gone, no, this is a start-to-end story. It was only going to end one way. Like, you've got a secret agent where the whole world knows who he is, who's gone from being 40 saint to about 65, looking old and knackered. Like, it's going to end in only one way, um, which is a missile strike to the face. Fair. Quite literally, they kill him with a missile strike. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Like, because <laughs> Bond can sh Bond can shrug off knife wounds, being poisoned, having his heart stopped, getting shot multiple times. What he needs is to it's incur missile to massive missile damage to the face. So there's no way for him to then just walk out of that and adjust his um, shirt cu cuffs. Yeah. Um. So you know what? As an ending, I went. We've never seen Bond dead dead before. We've had it where his heart stopped and he's been revived. We've had it where Sean Connery, one of his Bonds, fake died, where they bury him at sea. He comes under a sea and then he swims into a submarine. Um, oh, of course just he does. so he's so he's off the radar of like Spectre and, and the baddies and you're like, But you never had it going, Well, here's the end of the story, which I thought was quite interesting. So but it's a good way to go when if they pick up and do any more Bond films in a few years when they do the reboot because that's how they, that franchise works it gives them a completely clean slate they don't have to have the same actress playing Money Penny. they don't have to have the same actor playing M or any of the other characters they, they can just go in and go a brand new thing and referring back to the sequelizers wouldn't it be great if it was a period piece 
it would be different for sure. I think you would probably get away with a lot more of the uh, bombastic kind of ridiculous over the top mm. things with it because, like you say, it's at the height of kind of international spy and international man of mystery is what I really, really want to say. But that's the Austin Powers tagline. But you could mm. do that. You could do a really lean, gritty nineteen seventies kind of Cold War era. Uh, spy thriller that could be quite cool done with Bond and I would watch that to be honest uh, I mean I'm partially interested in the Daniel Craig stuff because it's a lot more grounded than the stuff was that's come before but it it wouldn't be enough to I was just to interrupt you there it started grounded yeah, and by the end of it arguably it says Roger Moore is what anything else would be just in terms of silly like one line is being thrown out and a more sort of casual demeanor and a, like jokes and that and you're like okay but then arguably that's how these things always go when you reboot so huge shock, cultural shock shake it up and gradually it just drifts back to think, your expectation I think the problem with bond and anytime you do you can do a massive shake up like that but you have to then go through a box ticking exercise going has he got the Aston Martin yes has he shagged a, uh, has he got a bond girl has he shagged them and given them all sorts of horrible stds and diseases and such yes has he you know well, look, again that's pen well, I, I've, I've got, but casino royal explains how he's able to do that and not have children around the world it's because he was tortured with a rope and his bollocks were smashed and destroyed <laughs> so he has no bollocks anymore like <laughs> So I was reading some of behind the trivia from that scene in Casino Royale. Essentially, Daniel Craig stripped naked, tied to a chair, and Mads Mikkelsen's got a huge rope with a knot on the end of it, and he's like swinging it around, whipping under the chair, smashing Daniel Craig's bollocks. So behind the scenes, they've got a plate of glass in the bottom of the chair, like proper industrial grade like glass. Yeah. So you could swing a rope at it, or make the scary noise, and Daniel Craig can go, oh, no, ow, or as he did say, so, a little bit to the right, I've got a tad of an itch. Um, <laughs> yeah, you sent me that. What they weren't, laughed. what, however, weren't they? What they weren't expecting was for Mads Mikkelsen to swing the rope so hard that it cracked for glass, <laughs> and all of like the stunt people and that are rushing over, going fucking hell. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but yeah, but they weren't expecting him to swim, swing the rope so hard, and I was just like, you know what, that's glorious. Um, yeah, but arguably, that was far out a better end than what the Matrix Resurrections was. I again, I will take you. I'll take your word for it because I haven't seen that. It's on the list. I'm going to wait for a rental. I, I wouldn't give the rental service any money. Wow. Honestly, like on so many different levels, is it a disappointment? Wow. That's um. Yeah. I know that's one that's split opinion as well. I know a couple of people have said, "Oh, they really enjoyed it," and they like kind of how like, they, they how they like, how did they? They like the queer coding of it, the trans allegory that's a bit more explicit in it. They and then other people were just like, "No, nah, it's not what we wanted." So the thing I had no issue with any of that stuff. I didn't have any issue with the sexuality or or um, gender related stuff at all because to my mind that's just that's how those characters are that's how those characters are that's how the story is and that doesn't bother me you just go that's that character's background 
that informs our motivations. Yeah. What bothered me was the actual story, the execution of the story, the story making little to no sense, the poor choice of actors and recasting. You're then going, the actors and recasting that has occurred, why have you not adjusted the story to to work with that? Yeah. The, the, like, the fighting was poor. Like, if you look at it from an action set piece perspective... Well, there's a lack of those, so nothing to excite me from that perspective. The story was lacking, so I didn't have any sort of grey matter ticking over, because it's quite upfront. This is the story. No hidden depths to it. You can go, oh, I can see what you're doing there, but they're going, this is what we're doing here, now watch us do it. <laughs> and I'm just like... Kind of punching you in the face. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, right, okay. Wow, I won't ever be watching that again. <laughs> Fair enough. It's It just, it didn't work well in terms of the story. The story needed tightening up and revising. It needed someone to come in there and co-write it or proofread it or something. Yeah. The action, it even needed more action. Or it needed less action, but the action there was to be better. Um, uh, yeah, but the casting was questionable. Like the the villains, I'm like, I can see what you're trying to do, but you failed miserably. You needed to cast different for that to have the effect desired. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that. Well, I don't know if it is part of the problem. I don't think... I think it's quite cool that they got one of the Wachowskis back. But I think it's the fact they only got one of them back. And I still honestly think that that original Matrix film was lightning in the bottle. It was kind of their... It was their kind of, like, moment that they managed to get it just right. Everything was right. The action was right. All right, the hour-long bloody context dump. It could probably do some work. But you have to explain it to explain the world. So, my counter comment is, I think the problem is they brought Wachowski back. Okay, yeah. Because so much time has passed, why not bring in fresh writing team, fresh directors to go, okay, either you go, we want to set a film in the Matrix world, be it pre or post Neo. Yeah. Because arguably you could do a film and go, it's set in the Matrix, but it's before they found Neo. No reason not to do that. Yeah. Or... You go, we'll set this in the Matrix after Neo and we'll see what happened after he, he achieved World Peace, which is how Matrix Revolution essentially concluded. Yeah. Or, if you did want to go down the third route of bringing back Neo and everything, fine. But I think having complete outsiders with fresh perspective on everything, but that were still loyal to what had come before, would have been a lot better. Whereas you brought back a, a director he's kind of gone yeah I don't really know the other director went I'm not coming back to it because it's got painful memories based on what I was experiencing at the time and it's looking backwards rather than forwards so based on that I'm kind of like you know what fresh directors fresh writing suite that probably would have turned out a better film fair enough I mean I can't argue with that I can't really comment because like I say I've not seen it it's one that I'm going to get around to eventually 
I'm probably uh, not going to get to see it at the cinema at this point in time now because it's been so it's been out since like before Christmas wasn't it so uh, it, it, it's not worth it yeah I think with a film like that though you kind of so, want to see so you, it on the big screen though because it's like a spectacle isn't it no it's, no no it was there's was no spectacle I went and saw it at the cinema I would have not lost anything through watching it at home on TV. Really? Wow. Yeah, this is what I mean. There was nothing in it where you were watching and go, holy shit, or wow. Like, had no, like, none of the action set pieces made me go, I'm glad I'm seeing this on the big screen. Because this was my argument at the time where people at work had seen it and they're like, well, we watched it on streaming. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go see it on the big screen because I think that will just push it over and it made no impact at all. I'm like, I needn't have done this at all. Which is a bit of a shame. That is such a shame, mm. really. But what can you do? It, it re- uh, pretend it didn't happen, and if they make another Matrix, assume I hope that it happens pre Neo. Yeah. Because wouldn't it be great to have a film of people in the Matrix searching for Neo, or doing what, or if you want to follow Reloaded and Revolutions, not everybody believed in the one. So it raises the question, what were they doing when they were breaking into the Matrix if they weren't searching for the one? All of the non-believers, what were they doing? Why not have a film there? Which, every time they see an agent, they run like fuck. And it have, like, all that tense sort of atmosphere and stuff. Yeah. And just going, what are you trying to achieve here? So there's an interesting story that could be told there. I would watch that. Could. I would watch that. <laughs> But then, see, yeah. they should have me. Should have had me write oh, it. Oh, bloody knew it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, in terms of other things I watched, yeah, I think obviously Spider Man and Hawkeye. But how about I let you talk for a while and then we come back for a bit of Marvel, as as is uh, as is the tradition. <laughs> tradition, because because. <laughs> <laughs> everybody is obliged to discuss Marvel or Disney every day (laughs) even if you don't have a computer or the internet just at home you wake up in the morning you say hello to your wife or your husband or your significant other they're going praise Disney (laughs) praise the house of mouse Disney owns your soul give thanks to Disney that's why they invented the whole holiday of Thanksgiving in America. It's not you don't Thanksgiving to the country. You keep Thanksgiving to the House of Mouse. Anyway, moving on from that horrible, horrible thought in my head. Um, I've been struck with zombieitis. Um, I have to isolate. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm now coming towards the end of my isolation period at the time of recording, and I cannot wait to go outside and just be outside. Until then, until such a time as I can go outside and be safe, I have watched so many fucking films this week. <laughs> I have watched how many films? How many films? So fucking many so films. So fucking many films. <laughs> I have watched so many films. So I've watched about ten or eleven, maybe twelve. I'm not going to touch them a all. day. Uh, no, not a day, because a lot of time was also spent uh. playing a video game. But um, we'll we'll come on to that in due course. So I'm just gonna throw some ti- I'm gonna throw some titles at you and just let me know if any of them sounds interesting or you want to kind of talk about or anything like that. So I watched James Gunn's Super. Oh, there's a visual element to this for me. He's holding up the box. Yeah, yeah, because physical media is king. Uh, 
How was Rain Wilson in that? Surprisingly quite good. <laughs> he's not over the top, he's not bombastic, he plays it really well reserved, actually. Um, obviously the film is billed as having Elliot Page pre-transition in it, and he puts in a really good performance as well, actually, Elliot Page, um, all things considered. It also had surprise Kevin Bacon in this film as well, which I was not expecting. It's always nice to see surprise Kevin Bacon. But you, you say that, but I could clearly see there on the box cover art, here's the fourth name it, along the top. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I remember it kind of coming out of the cinema. I wanted to see it. Kind of got overshadowed by the time because I think Kick Ass came out around the same time as this Kick film. Kick Ass. Yeah. Yeah. As, as good as Kick-Ass Hollywood was. doing that thing of going, we need two films released in this yeah. year, every year, the same year, exactly the same. But if you want... Right you Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yeah, if you, if you want a more adult version of Kick-Ass, with a superhero whose prime power is hitting people with a fucking monkey wrench, watch Super. It's, it's great. It's good fun. Um, it's really dark, really violent, very, very fun. Um, highly recommend that. I also watched... The Lawnmower Man. How how was it? It has not aged well. <laughs> it has so not has aged it? well. <laughs> um, do you not do you not do any of that stuff on the internet? Um, uh, it was probably amazing back in nineteen ninety five or whenever it was made. But yeah, no, don't don't watch the Lawnmower Man. The Lawnmower Man is so when, not good. <laughs> when when was it made? Actually, I will tell thee. Was that at the same kind of time as the cable guy? Uh, more than likely. Oh, my DVD says 2002. But that's not right. Is that the DVD release? It is the though? DVD release. It, it was sometime in the mid-90s, for sure. Because the poll quote on the front is from reputable source The Sun newspaper. I've just looked it up. IMDB tells me it was 1992. Yeah, because this is a a 10th anniversary edition and yeah it, it, it no no um I mean Piers Brosnan no. was alright I mean there's not a lot more I can say about it pre-Bond pre-Bond yeah it's probably why he got the role of Bond to be fair but um I watched Blood the Last Vampire the original anime uh I really like that yeah really like it I kind of want to dive into a lot more of the media around it but I think it's going to kind of lose its appeal if I do that so I'm not going to do that uh, what you, when you say the media do you mean the live action adaption which sucked uh, yeah that's going to be an episode I decided that when I watched it but yeah um, yeah didn't do a lot uh, I also watched the ABCs of death one and two Oh, you were telling me about these. Yeah, the these the alphabet. These are quite interesting. I use for assholes. These are quite interesting because the general gist of it is, is they've got twenty six directors to make short films. Each director was given a letter of the alphabet, and they had to make a short film uh, relating to that letter. Uh, I think okay. part one had a lot more memorable stuff they had a lot more they had more directors that I recognised as well which which helped uh, but I think as a concept it's really quite strong shout out to go to section A by Nacho Vigilondo 
who I believe directed he's directed a load of horror stuff I can't remember off the top of my head now he might I want to say he did the Evil Dead remake but I don't think he did wasn't that Diablo Cody oh no they they wrote that but uh, yeah they did the first bit was called A for Apocalypse which is like a woman killing her husband she was like oh and uh, in the apocalypse funnily enough that's kind of the twist at the end of it uh, do you know Lee Hardcastle? Quite well known for his claymation, stop motion animation online. Really quite Rings gory and horrible. Yeah, he did a section in it called Tears for Toilet. It's basically about this killer toilet. It's very, very funny. It's very, very cool. Yeah, that sounds up your alley, doesn't it? It's really cool. It's done all stop motion. It's gory and horrible. People's faces melt. Uh, w is for what the... F- W for what WTF is also quite funny done by a director called John John Schnoep I believe as his name is he's no longer with us unfortunately but that was very very entertaining and I think uh, I'm just trying to think who else ah uh, John Schnoep who did Meta- Metalocalypse Metalocalypse he directed that uh mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of good memorable stuff in that. Highly recommend it if you like short form stuff. And it uh, we'll probably put a content warning on it because some of it is quite triggering. I'm not gonna lie, there was a couple of bits where I was like, I don't like that. But yeah, uh, I then watched this. It's called Samurai, Samurai Princess. Princess. Um, okay. Really good first 15 minutes, completely loses momentum. Uh, the gore's good, but. Uh, yeah. Is Not it really for Japanese me. production or is it. Japanese. It's made is by the natural? people who made. Made by the people who made Tokyo Gore Police and the Meatball Machine and the Machine Girl and ah, stuff okay. like that. It mm. didn't do anything for me, unfortunately. Uh. I watched this one, which we'll know all about, which is Escape from New York. Freaking awesome. love that film. So, so good. Love me some Kurt Russell. Do you remember the trivia? Which Anybody trivia? that says to Snake, thought you were dead, dies. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, any character that says that to him, dies. I watched this as well, which is... Uh, Rabbit. Rabbit, which is a remake of the David Cronenberg original. Really, really enjoyed this, surprisingly. It's a remake that is on par, if not better in places than the original, which is quite controversial to say. I like the new kind of twist on it. Kind of... Yeah. Really, really dug the hell out of this. Really, really gory. Really clever. Kind of want to go back and watch the original because I think I've only seen the original maybe once or maybe twice. But I did say uh, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out on the directors, uh, Jen and Sylvia Soska. I'm quite interested to see what they're up to because they've got quite a distinct uh, style and view of the world from like a feminine female perspective. Very, very cool. Mm. Uh, last shout out is perhaps the weirdest of the bunch which I think I kind of touched on with you earlier in the week but it's this 
Swiss Army Man. Yeah. Okay. Swiss Army Man is one of the weirdest fucking films I have ever seen. Now I wanted to cover this as an episode in on the podcast, but I fear that you may not get the exact reactions that I gave the first time round. So for those of you who don't yeah. know, it's uh, Paul Dano. He plays like a guy who's stuck on an island, and all all of a sudden, uh, this dead body washes up on the beach played by Daniel Radcliffe that's right Harry Potter himself uh, slash Wolverine slash what Wolverine you wish well internet fan casting are always going we need a short hairy bloke and they go Daniel Radcliffe no he's Weird Al Yankovic because he's just been casting the Weird Al Yankovic uh, he, he has actually hasn't he yeah. yeah based off the strength of this yeah I I can dig it. I can dig it. He's really, really great in this. So the key thing to know, why is it called Swiss Army Man? Well, Daniel Radcliffe's character, um, dead character, I should say, uh, has many, many uses. He is super flatulent, and he is able to traverse... It sounds really stupid. He escapes... Paul Dano escapes this island by using Daniel Radcliffe's body as like a raft... And basically, he farts his way across the ocean. He uses it as like a motorboat. It it's bizarre. He he uses him as like uses his teeth as like a razor blade, so he could shave himself and stuff. It's it's weird. It's really oh, and the best bit. I didn't tell you this bit. His uh, oh. his erection is a compass. You did tell me this bit. Oh, I did tell you that bit. Yeah, I thought I was going to leave that, but. Um, it's yeah, fucking no. peculiar. It's really weird. I dug the hell out of it though, because it's so original and really, really enjoyed it. It's kind of a ridiculous concept, but yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Daniel Radcliffe is easily the MVP of that film. He's yeah, for playing a dead body that slowly kind of reanimates. He he does it really well, all things considered. I must say. To be honest, it just sounds like an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, that kind of like <laughs> horrific nonsense that some people like to watch. That's that just sounds like an episode of that to me. It is really good. I mean, I really enjoyed it, and the end, the ending of the film was just bizarre. It's so bizarre. I'm not going to spoil it in case anybody goes, "Ha! Huh, I really, really want to see a flatulent uh, Daniel Radcliffe." But um, yeah, it did make me laugh though because uh, Paul da- at the start of the film, Paul Dano he goes back to this island and he's looking for stuff and he finds a cork. Okay, I can see where <laughs> and this suddenly, is going. And and suddenly Daniel Radcliffe starts stops being flatulent. And you're like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's bizarre it's truly bizarre but it's it's worth a watch if you're into kind of more oddball uh, cinema for sure it's i would recommend it it's only like 90 minutes or so thankfully so it's kind of really brief but um yeah for you matt that's probably too long uh, an episode of spongebob is too long for me so i don't think <laughs> i could stick out that no fair fair so when I wasn't watching films though I did manage to play one game one game has been kind of taking up all my time this week 
and that game is on the PS4. I believe you can get it on PC as well. I'm not sure if you can get it on Xbox One, but possibly, maybe, don't know. Uh, Fragment, consider revising, citation very much needed. It's called Code Vein. And the best way to describe it is Anime Dark Souls. Sounds good to be fair. I like watching people play Dark Souls. I like watching... Um, yeah, that's correct. That's English. Yeah, I like what people... I like watching people watch play people Dark Souls. Those words in a particular sequence that make sense. <laughs> um, playing it myself, I tend to be terrible at it, to which my only attempt has been Demon Souls way back when, being l- last year, rather than when it originally released. Um, but it's anime Dark Souls. Does everybody like have pointy noses and blushing cheeks? Um, basically, yes. Cool. The temptation to start with was to make an anime cat girl because you make your own character and I thought, no, wait a minute. Uh, so I didn't, based off the fact that there was going to be a kind of a, a rotating cast of characters as it is. And what do you know, two minutes into the game, there it is. Waifu number one. <laughs> okay. So um, did you make make an anime dog girl? No, I didn't. I made, um, okay. I made an ani- I made an anime boy, because of course I did. I thought better of the cat girl, but who knows? If I go through it again, I might make an anime cat girl. But I've been sinking so much time into this game. I think I've been putting in maybe because I'm in self isolation at the minute, and there's not a lot else to do. I think I've been putting maybe five, six hours a day in on this game. Mm. And holy crap, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's a lot more forgiving than Dark Souls. I'm going to say that. It might just be the way I'm playing it and the way kind of I'm levelling up the characters. But it feels a lot more forgiving in the fact that you've also... Not, with Dark Souls, you kind of get one character and you basically choose the class of that character. Well, not class, build of that character. And you're stuck with the build of that character throughout the majority of the game. Mm-hmm. In this, you play as a what they call a revenant, but you're a special revenant who can actually change their blood code. So you, throughout the game, you can actually change uh, your class okay. or play yeah. style throughout the game, so you can change it. So, so I was playing as like a uh, fighter class. I've now changed it to what's known as the Queen Slayer class which gives you better fighting stats and better health and stuff like that. On top of that as well, you get perks within the game. So you, uh, you use like a... what can I, They call it I-Core, but it's basically magic points. And you get kind of perks that you can activate that kind of uh, activate for a few seconds at a time. So you can increase your damage. You can do special spells. You can... Because uh, you're always accompanied by a partner as well, you can kind of do team up attacks with them and stuff like that. Um, it kind of brings a new variety to it. I will admit the bosses are absolutely kicking my ass at the minute, <laughs> as as is the way for Dark Souls. To be honest, yeah, I mean, I mean, the regular enemies they're not too bad once you get down the timing of kind of dodging or. I haven't successfully done a parry yet. I've just gone right. I'm not going to be able to parry. There's no point trying to 
perfected. How many hours are you into this game and you haven't covered basics of parrying yet? No wonder you're bloody struggling. Get good. No, no, the parry, parry is it's parry doesn't work in a lot of games, and in this one, it just doesn't seem to. It doesn't want to do it. It's a bit like in Sekiro. You know how difficult it is to parry, kind of in Sekiro. I do it perfectly every time. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, bollocks, do ya? I've seen you play Sekiro, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I suck at Sekiro. But whereas parrying in say like Metal Gear Revengeance, I could do most games. I can do it. And couldn't manage it in Sekiro for for the life of me. But I think it's designed to just wind you the fuck up. Yeah. So I've taken to the the tried and tested. Um, I'm just gonna dodge to be honest and that seems to be working out so far so like I say the bosses are, are really kicking my ass because you get to them and they're so overpowered and they're so they're so big they're so so big they're like 12 times the size of you it's fucking ridiculous so then you have to go back and you grind for all the previous areas and when you die you lose your um, they call it haze in this game but it's basically souls so you lose your souls every time you die you can rest at a, a campfire, or in this game they call it a missile. So you you kind of heal up. At, no, not like a, a missile, a missile like like a little bush sort of thing. They call it a missile. M I S T L E. Yeah, M I S T L E. Not like a fucking can, rocket. Yeah. Well, you can see why over a video call you said missile, and I went ha 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 anime. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you can rest at those, and obviously all the enemies spawn back in again. You can teleport here and there. You can go back to your home base, and you can like talk to characters. There's like a really weird trading mechanic in it as well. So you collect objects from what they call the old world, which is stuff like uh, one of the things is like a record. You can get like a retro video game player. They call it in the game. It's basically a PSP sort of thing. And you can get like garlic power, garlic flakes, I think it is. And basically, you give them to the characters, and then they go, "Oh, thank you very much." They get, then give you trading points, which you can then use to trade with them for items that you might need, like health pickups or uh, gestures that you can talk people with. Yeah, so it's really quite in depth. I mean, I'm enjoying it for sure. It's fucking difficult but I'm really enjoying it all things considered how how wacky and daffy it is and I think this is probably the only time I've ever seen a flat chested anime girl you've not watched enough anime then no clearly not <laughs> but yeah I was kind of taken aback by that I was like oh okay they do exist my god uh, okay so you've almost put two point hotspot hours into that then you put 70 plus hours into it yet I'm getting there slowly, 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 but surely I, I am getting there with it. I'm gonna finish it as much as it's gonna kill me. Also, wanted to say also rewatch the thing as well whilst you were talking about Kurt Russell. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Glorious in 4K. It is indeed. I've got the full. I've got the um. I've got the Blu-ray over there somewhere. I'm gonna mm. watch it at some point. Oh, and you're gonna have to watch the internet and let me know if it ever happens because James Cameron is very busy. Should he ever release a 4K remaster of Aliens? My understanding is you can get Blu-ray versions, but there hasn't been a 4K remaster because contractually he has to be involved. Uh, I 
don't think they've done one yet, but I would imagine that they're working on one. I think he's a bit. I think he's busy doing Avatar uh, the, Seventeen. Well, obviously he's working on Avatar, but I know that he's supervising a new restoration of the Abyss. I oh, don't good. Know if yeah. It, I don't nice. Know if That'd it's, be the extended one. I I was just about to say I don't know if it's the extended one or I don't know if it's the theatrical cut. Well, if it's the theatrical one, he's wasting his fucking time. Because no one should watch The Abyss theatrically. You should always watch the extended cut. Yeah. Which is why I have a fan restoration of it upscaled. Because as far as I'm aware, in terms of extended cut, you could only get it DVD quality. To get it in HD, it has to be a fan restoration from multiple sources. But there we are. It's funny you said about um, restorations and stuff, because I learnt recently about the Peter Jackson ones. Have you heard about the Peter Jackson restorations? What of that small trilogy set in the Shire? No, 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 not no, the small trilogy no, I haven't, and stuff. No. So he's tell me more. He wants to remaster all of his early films, so stuff like Brain Dead, Meet the Feebles, uh, Bad Taste. He he's been saying for years and years and years and years that he wants to do it, but he's come out in an interview recently. Because of this new uh, Beatles get back thing. And he said, oh, I would have done it by now. But the Beatles were distracting me because I had to do the Beatles thing. And apparently the new remasters are coming out, uh, I think he said, at the end of this year, beginning of next year. But to be honest, if they look the same way as the uh, the Beatles films do. So I don't know if you've seen how the Beatles film looks. They look really 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 weird because they've used some kind of uh ai learning uh, thing on it. it looks a bit that's, off. It, yeah. that's the problem with ai upscales if he's gonna do that with his original films nah fam you can keep them just just make them readily available again that's fine just don't bother with the remaster just just like literally scan it and just leave it don't don't do that fam that that's my comment don't use ai to upscale because yeah. it all looks a bit deep fakey best will in the world especially if he's able to do the whole lot by the end of the year that means he's not put enough computer processing time in for, for a decent thing yeah bear off take the original film just remove as much shite from it as possible in terms of unnecessary grain and that and just put that out if you literally just scan them and just put them on blu-ray that's fine because these early films, I don't think Meet the Feebles had a wide release enough on DVD. You can get an old version of it, and that'll cost you an absolute bomb. But then there is that fan version online that you can get at Meet the Feebles, and it looks pretty good. They've kind of done HD upscaling of it from like a DVD source. It looks pretty good, to be fair. Uh, Bad Taste, I know you can get on... There's a scan of that somewhere, I'm sure. Well, there we are then. It sounds like all he has to do is put them out on Blu-ray from the source. The people are going to buy him, yeah. From the source film and just do like a new director's commentary or a 20, 30 years later interview. Yeah. Bish, bash, bosh. Million copies he sold. Do- he, doesn't, he doesn't even have to do it himself. He could sublet it out to another, com- another label like Arrow Video, you know, who have the resources to be able to do it and they would do it properly. They would do it justice, you know, because they do... You know, even someone like a smaller American company like Code Red, who do a lot of their own kind of remastering stuff in house, 
you know they they could do it suddenly and let someone who really loves these films put the time into it to remaster it or what have you don't don't just go yeah stick it in the computer that'll do because otherwise you'll get some weird like gta definitive edition kind of yeah weird that, that's you the know? issue you'll get you'll get gta definitive edition come out and you're like but i wanted me the feebles i didn't want gta yeah exactly <laughs> That's all I want is just I want a version of Meet the Feebles that I don't have to go online to watch. I have to go on YouTube to mm. watch and be disrupted by an advert halfway through it because I'm not paying for premium. Uh, so, Yeah. So I also started watching Peacemaker. Ah, Peacemaker. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Okay. Um, And I think it'd be worthwhile sort of a live reaction of you watching the first couple of episodes as, as a, an episode. Okay, yeah. Just because it's very peculiar. Um, but I laughed. <laughs> and you were the person who was kind of like, originally, ah, I don't want a Peacemaker show. Why Why do I want this? The, the reason why I want this is it's basically not the CW. It's taking DC properties onto a TV format with the necessary degree of violence but also comic bookness that one craves. Yeah. And they are referencing other stuff. They're not just keeping it isolated. They do make reference to Batfleck, for example. Okay, yeah. So this is doing what Marvel's doing, but a lot more violent, and they're not worried about making it PG-13, or whatever the equivalent rating is in America language. Yeah. Um, they they're going, yeah. This is a DV, DC TV show, and it's not on the CW. Thereby, it's going to be stupidly violent. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know I needed this, but I need this. <laughs> and I should know that I need this because I also watched like the first couple of seasons of Titans. Yeah. Another DC TV property. My issue with that is, it started very violent, but they didn't know what they wanted to do with it other than the premise of fuck Batman. <laughs> from coming from Robin being Nightwing, but they hadn't fleshed out the plot anything beyond that. Yeah, and I'm just watching it now, going, "Yeah, I'm not going to watch any more of this now. It's lost me. It, the premise wasn't enough to maintain it because he drops that attitude pretty quickly. Uh, whereas this seems to tonally be sticking with it's what it started with. I think thus far, and it's been equivalently stupid and violent enough, and introducing lots of things where I'm like the fuck is that the fuck is that whoa did they just do that I don't think that's allowed anymore nowadays I think it helped I think it helps with Peacemaker because it's got James Gunn on board so tonally it will carry across the majority of the episodes but on top of that as well it carries across from where the character originally featured which I think will be quite a help for it it is mm. one of those that I do want to see, and I have seen the intro because James Gunn posted it online. So we can talk about that intro because I've seen it online. The the, the uh, title sequence. Yeah, it just sort of happened, and I'm like, oh, okay, dance number. How weird. <laughs> yeah, um, he posted it up online. And I was like, wow, okay, this is going to be one where when it comes up in the corner, skip intro. Yeah, I'm not skipping that intro. 
<laughs> I didn't for, I didn't for the first couple of times and then and then I have started doing that because I was hoping every episode it would be slightly different based on characters involved but it, it's just the same intro oh is it oh that's a shame which is that's a shame because yeah if it was me I would have gone well you've not met this character yet so they won't be an intro in the dance number and then what I would have done as the season progressed I would have gone would get it to be even more elaborate yeah yeah that that's um, a good shout because that's what he that's how he spent his lockdown is he he wrote all of peacemaker while he was finishing up the suicide squad that probably explains why it's so fucking odd <laughs> because he was in lockdown and no one else was there to go james mate you're right you're right mate uh, and like or have someone to bounce off to go i'm gonna put this plot point in here and then i'm watching it going Oh, I don't know if you can do that. Oh, wait, we're just going to carry on with that, are we? Okay, let's see where this goes. He has officially been cancelled and uncancelled, so I guess worst case, he just gets cancelled again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. But to be honest, that's what you get when you get the, the guy who made you start with, with fucking trauma to direct and write your films. Yeah, like... I've got a question though. Shouldn't shouldn't be surprised really. I've got a question okay, for you though. Question so me. so in Peacemaker, all of James Gunn's stuff, right? Lloyd Kaufman always makes an appearance right. in his films. As does Nathan Fillion. Okay. Right? Has Fillion right. turned up yet? I have not seen Fillion yet. Right, because he always turns up. He's even in Super and he, he looks fantastic in Spandex. That's all I'm gonna say. Because he wears spandex in Super. But we knew that without even having to see Minisuper we just knew that Nathan Fillion would look good in spandex come on and have you seen Lloyd Kaufman yet because he even turns up in a super as well he plays like a bystander I don't believe I've seen him yet I'm now I'm now positive I have not yet seen right, him right okay because I was going to ask about Michael Rooker as well but he's in the Suicide Squad so the fate of that character is does it obvious. does d- it doesn't mean that he won't appear again playing a different character, though, does it? <laughs> very true, very true. Because or was... arguably, maybe we could get John Cena just being like, oh yeah, so I was in prison with this one guy and you get a flashback to him sharing a cell or something, <laughs> who knows? Because every time... Because from what I can ascertain, is John Cena's character was in prison for at least four or five years prior to the events of the Suicide Squad. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Mm. Because, uh, like I say, I was watching Super, I was like, oh... There's Lloyd Kaufman. Why the fuck is Nathan Fillion now wearing span- spandex playing a character called the un- called the Holy Avenger? And then I went, ah, oh, that's Michael Rooker. <laughs> oh no, Michael Rooker's just been killed, went, as is the way. <laughs> um, so And he went and you went, ding ding ding, I've just got James Gunn lottery numbers here. What's- oh no, I suppose you were you're waiting for his brother to appear. And then you would have got. I did. He's got his brother. You would his have got bro- the full his set. brother did appear in Super as okay. well. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Well, there this we is, are. Then. This is an awesome kick-ass introduction. And then, because it's like an animated cartoon-style introduction, and I was watching. it I was like, okay, let's see what names turn up. Mm. I was like, okay, Michael Rooker. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, yeah. Nathan Fillion. There he is. Yeah, yeah. Sean Gunn's in this as well. Of course he is. <laughs> What's that? Completely, yep. completely rocking soundtrack Sorted. as well. Yeah, that's James Gunn. <laughs> so I'm gonna go out. I'm hmm. gonna try and find Sliver awesome. as well at some point. I've saw it years and years and years ago, but I can't remember. Mm. Yeah, for yeah, 2006, right? I saw it right? years and years and years ago, and I can't remember it. 
and that was definitely before uh, James Gunn was like a, a, a household name known known yeah 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 well so yeah so far Peacemaker I'm enjoying it because also the music <laughs> 80s hair metal mostly with a lot of modern rock and metal as well I'm just like yeah I, I, I need more of this in my life so this is now my tangential link of dance numbers to Hawkeye which I know you haven't watched right right mm. okay um, Hawkeye was an interesting show in terms of very sort of bland and by the numbers arguably the weakest of the TV sh- Marvel TV shows right. so far but come the end of it when a certain <laughs> cameo occurs yes. and then that prominent featuring in the final episode and their encounter with other individuals I'm like yes I'm okay, ready for yeah. more so you're surprisingly going to be 100% mm. in for the Echo TV series then when it comes out only if the surprise cameo is prominent which if they're adapting a particular line of the comics yes it should but you never can be too sure with these things because it could be a prequel it could be set a particular number of years down the line that there is no telling with anything there's no telling with Feige what he's got Um, up his sleeve because I know he he did have 10 years planned out at this point of projects and stuff but I don't I would imagine he's now planned out another 10 years since that initial interview because I know it was when the Avengers came out it's like yeah I've got 10 years planned you're like okay that's nice imagine everything he had planned was up to the point of Endgame going right that's the end of planning to go we'll have Thanos we'll have Thanos resolved and it wouldn't surprise me if you went to him with a great pitch or an idea at this point you go (laughs) fuck it we'll do that wouldn't surprise me what we end up getting because now that we've not got we're not working towards a defined end point we'll probably get course corrections and some oddities and things like that again um which then which then brings me on to Spoiderman Spoiderman does whatever a spoider um, can. Um, I I enjoyed it, and the memes happened, and I enjoyed. Spoilers those. for everyone who hasn't seen it yet. At this point, I'm not quite sure why you haven't seen it, but I Sony so yeah. Why haven't you seen it? They're taking say, everybody Sony else's money. Are now coming out and having interviews with. Uh, fuck it. Skip ahead. Now, so Sony have now come out and start. Well, Sony have now started coming yeah. out and actually having interviews with the three Spider-Men so with Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield now they've started to promote that they're in the film they've been putting out official 4K stills of the three of them together in at the Statue of uh, Liberty on top of it that their pose when they're first introduced all together holding Captain yeah. America's shield <laughs> like can you imagine the press and the lobbying to go you know what the Statue of Liberty kneels in the other hand? <laughs> Captain America's shield. Like, can you just imagine that in-universe <laughs> conversation of the of whoever it was that wanted that stepping forward and going, <laughs> we should do this. And bearing in mind, this is going to be at the same time or slightly after the Falcon has taken over the mantle of Captain America. So you're going to be like, if I was then yeah. Captain America, being the Falcon, 
Right. <laughs> the fuck is this? You guys, I've, I've been in a job for barely six months and you guys are dissing me already. Fair. I've got a lot of mixed feelings on Spider-Man No Way Home. It did exactly everything yeah. I thought it would do. So I was fine with it. A couple of story points yeah. were a bit off. But I think one of the fan theories I read about Doctor Strange afterwards made me go, huh. And the fan theory was that Doctor Strange is just a bit down and depressed based on his attitude towards Peter Parker being like, yeah, I'll help you out. And then finding out that he hadn't followed through with appealing to the college and he just got angry at him, leaping to conclusions. Then when he wants the problem resolved, he just tells him, Scooby-Doo, this shit, and he just wanders off drinking coffee and just generally being a bit disinterested. And then just the whole way through being quite aggressive and out of it. And I think it's because... He missed out on his promotion. He's got no purpose and he's kind of just floating around the aimless. And I went, actually, that tracks quite well. So that would be interesting if, firstly, there's any merit to that theory, but also then he then seems to be gaining a purpose moving forwards into mm. his own film with the Scarlet Witch being, okay, he's now working towards something again. Are we going to see him be a bit more positive? But also seeing his dark half in that film looks like they're potentially set up based on the trailer at the very least they're setting up him going down a slightly dire arc, even if it's just a mirror image of him and to quote the trailer the most dangerous person in the world to Doctor to Strange yeah. is Doctor Strange going back to looping back around to Spider-Man uh, uh, <laughs> I think it was a bit like this when it came out I think it needs a rewatch to be honest I don't know if it's because I hyped it up too much in my head. I don't know if it's because, unfortunately, I'd seen a lot of the leaks that had come out. Yeah. I think leaks I would think have spoiled a lot. Because you had a more positive reaction to what. Because obviously, when uh, Matt Murdock appears, when Matt Murdock appears, I heard you go, What the shit? Yeah, he'd actively said, I'm not in this film. And everybody in the internet was going, It's him in this particular scene. And I'm like, That's not him in this particular scene yeah. from the trailer. That's clearly. Like just an FBI interrogator and then when he was in the film but in a completely different scene but not even as Daredevil just as a casual yeah. <laughs> I'm a really good lawyer I was just like yeah that's awesome go what the shit and half the audience go what and I was like oh okay that could have been me but unfortunately I'd already yeah. seen the image online because it had leaked I'd seen the image of the three yeah. Spider-Men together mm-hmm. that had leaked so I knew that was going must have been we're in the Arfield walks through the, um, I will never forget that reaction. It was so fucking British. When Andrew Garfield walks through the portal, just you just hear this really, really silent cheer of just, yay. <laughs> the, the thing for me was, is, is I knew it's basically a live action Spider-Verse. I know that both these guys have been denying being in this, but they're going to be in this. If they've got Dr. Octopus back, they will have got Spider-Man X yeah. back. It was just how. And it was just the casual... Hey Spider-Man, and he's just in a dark alley. Puts up his hand and is like, "Oh hey," and then jogs very slowly through a portal from his dark alleyway into this living room. And I'm just like, "That is very Andrew Garfield." Just, just like where he looks around, and he's just like, "Oh hey," just raises his hand like, "Oh, you calling me? Not anybody else dressed as Spider-Man?" And just casually jogs through the pool. And then the whole scene of him them going through the Spider-Man, and he just like sticks yeah. himself to the ceiling with one hand hanging there. And they're like, "No, that's not enough to prove it." It's like. Oh, oh really um, <laughs> it's just his whole attitude towards it was just amused me because it was kind of yeah. like really daft which was I some did. of the things I, don't get me I, wrong I, I liked, liked it 
I do need to rewatch it. I don't think it's as awesome as people say it is, but again, that is probably partly because I saw a lot of the a lot of the stuff yeah. online. I think is part of the problem, which yeah. is uh, some it, of it is I, my own sort of fault. But then other bits yeah, of it was like it was trending online, and I was like, oh, I wonder why that's trending. And you click on it, you go, fuck, it's the Goblin's new suit. Fuck. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it for what it was for the memes and for the giggles and just going, yeah, this film is just fan service all the way. And I enjoyed it for that. I wouldn't step back and watch it and go, that was a great film. Oh, it's no, no, Infin- nothing will, Infinity War. will match up to Infinity War. You know, it, I'd watch it and go, that was probably quite a poor film. It's the best Spider-Man 3 we've ever had. It's fully enjoyable. There's a lot of plot holes and daftness and some of the things they set up I don't like. In terms of things I didn't like, I still don't like Tom Hardy, Venom, that whole anything to do with that. Don't like any of that. But he's here because the Ven- Venom suit's got a hive mind. Okay. It's got an inter an inter multiverse hive mind. I don't like that so much. We'll bamf him back except one little bit of him. Well that makes no sense. I was like, that's just stupid. Why have you done that? And then going, Well bring through everybody that knows who Spider Man is and it's like well no. Electro didn't know who Spider Man was. You could go off screen, maybe the Green Goblin went, oh, by the way, Pete Park's Spider-Man, but he'd never seen him before, so you couldn't visually identify him based on him saying later on, always thought Spider-Man was black. You know, okay, yeah, nice wink and nudge, but I was like, okay, well, that's a plot hole. I didn't like the way they went, when I'm bringing these people have come here at the point of their deaths. Okay, makes sense to a degree, but then going, so I'm just going to send you all back. What, to instant death? Which was why I liked... Peter Parker going well no we can't just do that but then going even if you kill them and send them back at that point of the death Dr Octopus is drowning Green Goblin's got impaled to a wall Electro's just been electrified into pure energy so a normal human's that's just going to explode him I'm like you're still sending them back to the exact moment in time when they're going to die so that was kind of my core issue of going it's nice but there's no consequence to any of that so that's my predominant criticism I want to see the alternate version of this film. I want to see the version where the pandemic didn't happen. This, we would have already had Multiverse of Madness by this point. Then we would have had Spider-Man 3. Or whatever they were going to do. A lot, I think a lot of the issues of this that this film has is because they had to rewrite it because they realised that this film was going to actually be ready well before Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because the Multiverse of Madness obviously had directorial issues with the fact that Scott Derrickson stepped away so early on in his inception before getting Sam Raimi on board. I mean, there has been storyboards come out now from uh, No Way Home of that final fight at the Statue of Liberty. Mysterio's there. And supposedly, rather than Ned using the sling ring to summon all of the uh, the Spider-Men and stuff, that was going to be America Chavez, who's going to turn up in Multiverse of Madness, who's who was going to use her multidimensional hopping powers or whatever it is. I'm not entirely sure what her deal is in the comics. She's definitely linked to Multiverse stuff, though. She was going to use her multidimensional powers to bring in the other Spider-Men and, and basically things like that, taking on the role of Ned. Because I found that the role of Ned in this film the supporting cast 
were really really sidelined i know you kind of have to do that so then you can focus on obviously andrew and uh yeah spider-man spider-man and spider-man but the thing with these this line of films is that his supporting cast are so linked to tom holland and spider-man it feels really really weird that they've kind of sidelined him to the side I'm not going to completely spoil this film. I liked a certain character's death. Really liked that. The fact that these whole three films has been an origin story. Loved it. Completely left turn. Was not expecting it. I must admit that caught me by surprise. And I was like, wait, what? Because he literally gone from a sequence of the Green Goblin battering the shit out of Tom <laughs> Holland. And I do love yeah. to see a Spider-Man get pummeled the shit out of him. But not getting pummeled so bad, he's getting smashed through multiple floors of a building. And we're not talking plywood walls. Yeah. We're talking about proper floors downwards for a building. And I'm like, I do love Willem Dafoe. And then what happened next? I was like, didn't see yeah. that coming at all. That that was superb. But the thing for me, I like how they introduced Andrew Garfield going, oh, we found the wrong Spider-Man. I would have preferred a different intro eh. for Toby. Having them both come in at the same time makes sense to not cause upset. But I would have had Ned finding one Spider-Man accidentally. Okay, but I wouldn't have had him find another one again accidentally. Toby maybe fighting another one of the um, villains or something. Or outright just going straight to Doctor Strange. Going, he's the most experienced Spider-Man. He would have zeroed in on stuff and got it sussed out. That rings true because they could have done that because deep cuts in the Raimi verse, I think it's heavily implied that there is a Doctor Strange. Because there's a throwaway line in like the second or the third film. They go, oh, yeah. we'll call him Doctor Strange. And it's like, no, nah, that's already taken. So it kind of implies that there is one in that universe. Hmm. And actually, yeah, I could, I could see it. Or you could have done a slight reversal of the story plot and had him going to and volunteering uh, at that yeah, feast. Yeah. He's lost, he's in an alien world, he's a genuine and good guy, and he's like, well, what can I do? I'll go volunteer yeah. and help out here. Yeah. I'm a friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man as something, and I would have had Norman Osborn do something, yeah. have a slightly different introduction. I could see that, yeah. You know, because he's somewhat <laughs> of a scientist himself. You could have had him at Stark Towers raiding what was yeah. left of weapons tech or something. You could have had him yeah. somewhere doing something science-y. I'm interested to see where they take it next. Given how that film ends, I'm I'm intrigued. The costume at the end, loved it. Literal chills with that swinging section at the end of the film where he goes through, uh, uh, I think it's through New York Park or something like that, isn't it? I don't know. Central New York. Chills yeah, with, with the New classic York. suit as well. Absolute chills down my spine. Hair standing on end. I was like, mm. yes. This is this is Spider Man I've been waiting to yeah. see for three films. Love it. Not not Iron Boy or anything like that. This mm. love it. Yeah. Yeah. He's made his own suit, no tech. He's on his own. He's made a conscious yeah. decision to be separate from everybody. I, I really like that. Just to backtrack slightly to when they're closing the rifts, one of the reasons I do want to rewatch yeah. this is apparently a lot of the Phantoms want to come through with teasers yeah. just past or future or other villains. Apparently yeah. like you there potentially have the rhino in, in one of those and I'm just like, I want to go back to it and go 
am I seeing here like Paul Giamatti's rhino outline of his battle suit? Or am I seeing? Yeah, because I remember. Seeing, I was just. I just want to go back and like pause it I on those scenes to see Craven, who else was which trying to back makes through. Makes sense because I believe um, they're filming a Craven the Hunter film later this year with Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, but if it's you're not interested. If it's Sony related, if it's any of those Sony ones trying to break through. You just want like the punch <laughs> standing there with a shotgun just to take him out instantly. I don't want any of that Sony shit ble- bleeding through to to the main line. But but to ta- tag back now that we've had multiverse crossover and we've seen his two Spider Man, knowing that Raimi is directing Doctor Strange two and he's had a working relationship with Tobey Maguire before, and we're going to do some multiverses, wouldn't surprise me if we get a couple cameos or just blinking glimpses of like Toby in footage or Bruce Campbell. It looks like David wants to say something. Shall I permit him the option to speak? Yeah, go on. Oh, 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 please, please, sir, please. Yes, you in um, the yellow. I have read a potential plot synopsis for Multiverse of Madness because that's supposedly leaked. The reshoots they've been doing have been directly related to Multiverse stuff because of the success of the three Spider-Men. We are getting potential cameos from those two gentlemen, apparently. Makes sense. Which I'm quite excited. I'm excited for to see Raimi, if it's going to happen, see Raimi back in the field directing his his Spider-Man, Maguire, his boy. Um, yeah, quite excited to see that. But there are also more. Apparently, there's more left field cameos coming, which I'm not. Chris going Evans to... is Johnny Flame again. <laughs> Nick Cage's mm. Ghost Rider. <laughs> there's pissing there's his flamethrower through a portal. <laughs> There's been rumours that Ben Affleck was approached. I can't see him wanting to do it because uh, he's now sworn off of all IP films. But apparently he was approached for Daredevil. Don't think he'll do that. Apparently there's still a big whispers, still big whispers in Hollywood. The next Avengers is going to be Secret Wars. So I think they want him for that possibly, which is fine. I could see that. Also, the really, really big whisper and rumour at the moment is uh, Tom Cruise's Iron Man. Yeah, that's only because it's 90s casting, and I'm kind of like, no. I think for the time being, yes, I want to do that at some point, but I kind of think having versions of dead characters at the moment, I would say is too soon. Which ties in to the very, very big rumour, Illuminati. No, it's not registering. Which is, it's it's a comic books things. It was made up of Charles Xavier. It was made up of the smartest minds in the. Uh, okay, so yeah, Charles Xavier, so Xavier, Reed Richards, yeah, Reed Richards, Tony Stark. That is the big whisper. We know that they're, they're saying, filming oh, Secret Wars with Samuel L. Jackson at the moment. It was probably a launch platform for a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of this stuff. Yeah. I kind of think that multiverse stuff, where they've got multiple actors portraying the same character, is nicer. A blink and a casual cameo niceness. Long term, that would become too gimmicky if they were to make a whole, say, Avengers film of it. This or a main this thing. This is my worry. This is my worry. I like the multiverse shit they're doing. Don't get me wrong. I think it's interesting. You can get some really cool scenarios. My worry is that they're going to go too hard on mm. fan service, and the fan service is going to overtake everything else, and story and plot is going to be secondary. Like I've seen rumors that supposedly the uh, the fan four stick lot yeah. are supposedly coming back 
but they're going to be killed off by Wanda. Why? And Why like, do that? Yeah, that's that's cool. That's fan service because none of us like the film, but that kind exactly, of feels exactly. But it doesn't make sense. It doesn't nah. make sense in the grand scheme of things. It's like they're going, oh, Tom Cruise is Iron Man. Yeah, fine, okay. Tom nah. Cruise will probably say yes because he wants a big. Yeah. Big part of that fucking money pie. Who can I, blame him? I would have I don't mind passing the mantle down to a new actor to go. Tony Stark's dead. Here is Rishi Williams. Uh, Captain America's dead. The Falcon is now Captain America, for example. However, I wouldn't want someone yeah. to go in. This guy's Tony Stark now. This guy's Steve Rogers now. That's too soon for me. He needs yeah. another ten years yeah, before yeah, yeah, they yeah. go down that recast reboot route because the other because the other things as well was like oh they've they've cast they're gonna get uh supposedly they've cast big name actor as reed richards who's going to be a variant what john krasinski or something yeah i wasn't going to spoil it but yeah well that's that's been that's been the fan casting ideal casting for like five or seven years and you're like nah but supposedly it's going to be a variant because then if people like the variant version they're going to introduce him in the new John yeah. Watts Fantastic Four mm. films and it's a bit like uh, lazy yeah. writing it's, it's very Again, very lazy what that is goes back to what I just said of going we're feeling out what we're going to do and there's going to be a lot of sharp turns where we go well let's yeah. go down this path and go no don't like that no just no that didn't happen pretend that didn't happen and just soft resetting and I'm like no, I'd be yeah. more interested to go. I want to see what, say, Vision's up to now. I want to yeah, see White Vision. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to call him White Vision because I don't think that's a name that we want to band about. No, uh, but you know what I mean. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. I, I, I want to see more of what's happening with the legacy characters as they transition to the newer characters. I don't, I don't mind a bit of multiverse stuff, but I don't want too much. Or I want. The end of this phase is a big multiverse crossover, and then that's it for multiverse stuff for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. But if they're setting up Kang as the big multiverse bad, who plays multiple villains and characters across a multiverse, that's almost like two or three Avengers worth films worth, two two or three phases worth of build up to that. And I'm yeah, like, I'd rather other... multiverse is one, four or five films, and then done and resolved. Yeah, because the other big whisper going around Hollywood at the moment as well is where they want to do Secret of Wars as a film they want to get the Russos back and forward fine they've said it's their dream project they would quite happily do it if they were going to do Secret Wars but Secret Wars is going to be like two or three films much in the same way that the Infinity War and then Endgame was fine mm. I mean I guess but isn't it depends how they do it I'm going to be honest because with the Kang stuff, it's not just that he's going to be multiversal and stuff. Kang is a time traveller, first and foremost. Yeah. For me, anyway, in the books, he was a time traveller. He can manipulate time to, to his want and things like that. And according to the sequels, because I didn't realise this, Kang himself, or one of his variants, is the great-great-grandson of Reed Richards, again. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm, it's I'm, weird, I'm, weird yeah. sci-fi fuckery. Two or three yeah. films of craziness and then go back to this is one universe and we'll only go multiversal when we need to pull in another character actor I think or, they can, I or think... when Robbie Downey Jr. goes you know I'm 85 now but I've got one more in me 
I think they can do it, but they have to save it for a really, really big event like Secret Wars or something like that, which I think would be quite cool. Yeah. Or the 30th anniversary did, or something. But if they, yeah, 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 exactly. But I think doing it this early on, if it's as big as people are making it out to be, which is my worry, that it's going to be fucking huge. I don't know if I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna like it. Don't get me wrong, because I'm gonna be like, oh my god, fucking blah, 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 blah. don't get me wrong, because I do. Mm. But I feel like it would work better in a in like a uh, like an Avengers level movie. Yeah. And if they're gonna do it, they can go proper whole hog. They can do like the 2015 version, and they can set up the separate battle world so they can have them all go across into the different universes, and and just do all the weird fucking weird snobbery shit and all that kind of thing but part of me again it depends what it depends what they do with it because again it is very very early days for it to be happening because bear in mind from this new phase so we have black widow we had the eternals which is clearly setting up more cosmic stuff you've then had spider-man which is setting up the multiverse stuff and then bam you're straight in with the multiverse of madness not including the tv series obviously which are kind of their own corner doing their own sort of thing, not including WandaVision, obviously, which is seeding the the multiverse and Loki. To be doing it that quick, it worries me. I have every faith in Feige. That I have every faith in Feige being like a, a a figurehead, knowing what he's doing, and because he managed to pull off the fucking Infinity Saga, and it was good. Ten years of build-up to this one big moment, it just kind of feels like, right, we're going to do that, but we're going to do it in under a year. And that, folks, is unfortunately where I decided to have technical issues and lost about 25 minutes of my audio. Suffice to say, our conversation was detailed and covered many facets, covering the MCU splitting in three distinct directions. Supernatural. Looks like we've got mummies, vampires and werewolves on one hand. The other hand, we've got interstellar, spacey, wasty stuff happening. And on the third front... Multiversal madness. Hmm. Just pretend we said some really cool stuff. Thank you for listening to this month's side order. It would be great if you'd leave us a like, rating, and review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, it helps us grow, apparently, and I have to screech the word grow, so let's just skip over that. Thanks for listening. Bye!